You know you have a famous last name, right? Well, if you're referring to my Uncle Ted, yes. I. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I, actually, that's kind of a running joke in my family. Uh, my dad told me from a young age that Ted Turner was my uncle. <laughs> so, <laughs> we had a pretty good time. <clears throat> Fortunately, yeah. I had the opportunity to meet him uh, in later years, so. We kind of had a, a good laugh about that. You you got to meet your uncle, or you got to meet your uncle Ted? Well, I got to meet Uncle Ted. Yeah, <laughs> who's not or is not your uncle? Who is not my uncle? That's correct. Yeah, not that he knows though. No, no. Could be a cousin. <laughs> could be. Yeah. Could be distant yeah. somewhere. No telling. Welcome to the EBFC Show, the easier, better for construction podcast. I'm your host, Felipe Engineer Manriquez. This show is all about the business of construction. Today's episode is sponsored by Bosch Refine My Site is a cloud-based construction collaboration platform that applies lean principles to enable your entire team to plan, communicate, and execute in real time. It's the digital tool that works in tandem with your last planner system process and puts it all together in one simple, collaborative ecosystem system. This easy-to-use platform is available in English, German, Spanish, Portuguese, and French and can be used on desktops, tablets, and mobile devices. According to Spencer Easton, Scheduling Manager at Oakland Construction, Refine My Site, in my opinion, is the best, leanest tool on the market for the last planet. Here's what our users have to say. We've looked at three other digital scheduling platforms and none compare to the straightforward approach Refund My Site takes. From milestone planning all the way down to daily tasks, this program gives every general contractor and their trade partners meaningful collaboration, accountability, and KPIs. Register today to try Refine My Site for free for 60 days. Today's episode is sponsored by Construction Accelerator. The design and construction industries come up with and build great things, but we also build in waste in how we do those things, in our interactions, in our contracts, in our logistics. So what does this do for our bottom line or our next project? The best firms maximize their value by removing that waste and only doing what's essential to the work, what makes them money. Construction Accelerator will train you to see the waste and give your teams the lean tools and experience to remove it immediately. All online, Construction Accelerator is made up of three to nine minute videos that can be watched again and again in the field, at the office, and at home, all broken down by topic. Need to learn pool planning? We have videos on the process, how to set up a room, and how to kick off a team. Need to set up a target value delivery project? We discuss all the aspects of TVD, especially cost. Or maybe you just need to brush up on 5S. Well, we have videos on that as well. You can download and print reference materials to use on site to immediately translate watching into doing. Subscribe today at trycanow.com. Let's build an industry, not just a project. Today's show is also sponsored by the Lean Construction Institute. LCI is working to lead the building industry and transforming its practices and culture. Its vision is to create a healthy and thriving industry that delivers outstanding project outcomes every time for everyone. Check the show notes for more information. Now, to the show. Absolutely could be. Mm -hmm. Welcome to the show, Steve Turner. 
<laughs> Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. It's a pleasure. It is great to have you here, Steve. Thanks. I've been practicing my level excitement and trying not to speak over my guests. <laughs> That's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings at all. Okay. No problem. Our paths crossed through a mutual friend, Raphael, said, uh, he actually reached out to me and said, you need to know Steve Turner. And I said, if you're recommending Steve, Raphael, then I definitely need to know. Oh my goodness. (laughs) See, this is too much pressure. This is way too much to live up to. No. And and all he said was, uh, he doesn't know anybody that's as committed to continuous improvement as you are. And we're going to jump into that in a second. But before we do, who is Steve Turner? Who is Steve Turner? Wow. So this is like a uh, a snapshot of me and this is my elevator speech. There you go. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's see. Currently, I am a superintendent for FPI Builders in Fort Worth. We are a small-ish general contractor, commercial general contractor, uh, $25, 30000000 million is about where we sit on an annual basis. We have five superintendents, uh, two project managers, one estimator, soon to be two. And my owner and, uh, or both my owners are right down the hall. Nice. So I'm not removed Convenient. from them. Yeah. I mean, we're, it's, it's very easy to go down there and get, get an answer to something or get something that I need and, uh, and kind of pick up and go from there. I am not the typical superintendent that you're going to talk to or that you've interviewed in the past. I saw Frank's uh, uh, interview last week, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Jason, I think, uh, the week before that. So I, I've kind of been jumping in on a few things. I didn't grow up in the business. Okay. I, I'm sorry to say that. I wish I had. No, it's uh, okay. Many paths to get into construction. Stuff. Oh, yeah. My grandfather and uh, father were both carpenters. I guess I kind of grew up in it, but not really grew up in it, like in the normal sense of the word. Oh, for the first 25 or 30 years of my working career, I was in the printing and publishing business. And I got into this business with this company through a dog. Uh, my wife- <laughs> Tell me more. Oh yeah. Tell me more. My wife has been raising Australian shepherds for the better part of 20 years. And she had sold a puppy to a lady who told one of her friends about my wife and they contacted us, which are the owners of my company now. So we sold them a dog who uh, eventually they named him Smokey. Okay. And powerful Smokey. Yes. Uh, so Smokey is uh is really the reason that i'm in the construction business Uh, i was i had a kind of a side business hauling equipment uh construction equipment around and had done some work for a concrete contractor and so between the relationship with the dog and him suggesting me to this company to haul some of their equipment around I was introduced to these guys and long story short, 
they needed a superintendent and we sat down and talked about things. I was hired and was off and running. Uh, my first project was I was assistant superintendent on a city of Fort Worth project, a police station on the north side of the city, about a year-long project, which is coincidentally where we were introduced to uh, Last Planner System, and right. we actually implemented Last Planner through there. So, Man, what a what a good start into the business. Oh, it was Steve. Yeah, it was. So a, many superintendents are not as spoiled as you are to, well, to come in I, and get get Last Planner experience on job one. I know, and for that, I feel a little bit guilty that I haven't had to, you know, work my way up through through the ranks. And so, I, you know, it's there's a little bit of a question here: Why would you want to interview me when? I'm not the I'm not the 30 year guy who's had an epiphany and you know has has a lot to share. I don't know. <clears throat> I love that humility. So that's a powerful Texas. I've got a lot of family in Texas, not too far from where you are, Dallas Fort Worth. I've got family a little more west of that, but the the show is all about people that make it easier and better. And Steve, there are many ways to come into the business and there are many individuals within the supply chain that help to bring projects to life. And when I heard from Raphael about your story, I said, this is perfect. <laughs> this is a story we haven't heard yet. This is a story that's out there. And then when you and I talked on the phone, I said, you know, a company like your size, FPI Builders, is really the more typical construction company that there is in the United States. The, you know, companies like the ones where I make my day job and others that are many others that are involved in the Lean Construction Institute are are rather large, but there's not that many of them. Right. So I, I just love to, to connect different parts of the industry and to hear stories like yours, like job one with Last Planner System and then using your experiences from, you know, outside of the industry to to come in and successfully do work. Was the job successful? I mean, I think the audience is dying to know. Did the police station get built on time or early? Uh, actually, it, it did not get built on time. It got built six, six weeks early. And we <laughs> yes. really, I know, we really do attribute that to the commitment from the entire team to Last Planner. Uh, yeah. There's just no other way to no other way to look at it. Uh, had we not had we not been exposed to Last Planner and embraced it like we did, uh, we certainly would have finished on time. But I, I doubt very seriously that we would have we would have finished very much earlier than than you know what it what it called for, which was a twelve month project. So twelve months there and ten go. and a half months, and uh, everybody was happy. Um, City of Fort Worth was happy. So. Yeah, it was a win-win all the way around. A win-win. See, and that's what I love. And Steve, I can tell, I didn't even know this about you until, until right now, uh -oh. that uh, you are a fellow entrepreneur. And uh, this company must be, the two owners down the hall must be incredibly persuasive to make you, <laughs> you know, come work for them. What was that like? Well, you know, it kind of hit me outside, uh, just out of the blue. Um, they called me in one day. Actually, the, the, it's a husband and wife that own our company. So the husband called me and he said, hey, have you got time for lunch? And I said, sure. So I came over and he and his wife took me to lunch. And during the course of all that conversation, he said, you know, we've been thinking a little bit about this and you. And 
So we'd like to lay this out on the table and see what you think about it. So they kind of laid it out and said, you know, we're growing, we're looking to expand. We need good people. You seem like the kind of person that uh, we could work with. You could work with us. It would be a good fit. And, you know, the rest, I guess, as they say, is history. So voila. So I love that story. See, right right away, that's liquid gold for the audience. First (laughs) job, no experience, direct experience in construction. Right. You know, the the carpentry and the blood can only do so much, Steve. You still had to go and, (laughs) and, you know, and apply yourself and learn. That's true. And job one, six weeks faster on a 12-month job. That's how powerful some of these things are that – Many guests have shared on the show. Steve, there are, there are probably as many stories of people trying to use something like Last Planner where it doesn't work. It blows up in their face. Yeah. And the difference that uh, I often share with people is your approach. What values do you have inside of you that are directing how you engage with the people? And just in your story now, you said that it was a commitment by everyone on the team to make it happen that way, and the client appreciated it. That's exactly right. If if you don't have a commitment from everyone, then you're only it, – it's the old chain link story. You're only as strong as the weakest link in that line, and, and that's so true with – with lean and continuous improvement, if if everybody is not headed in the same direction, and all have to be going the same speed, but if everybody's not headed in the same direction, then there's a bottleneck somewhere. There's there's an obstacle, a bump in the road, and it, it's going to stop. And then, you know, then you have to deal with it and, and go on from there. But yeah, we were very fortunate, and and it may have been. You know the way we presented it. I don't. I don't really know what it was, but everybody kind of jumped on. Maybe they just like the, the color of the sticky notes on the wall. For all I know, I have no idea. But everybody participated. We didn't have anybody that that didn't want to, and uh, it was very quickly that they saw the benefit of Last Planner, and then you know we just moved on from there. Uh, the one regret I do have is we didn't implement daily huddles during that project mm-hmm. because I think we probably could have done a little bit better had we implemented daily huddles then. But I, I, unfortunately, I didn't find out about daily huddles and, and was introduced to daily huddles until a little bit later than that. So <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's a perfect segue into the next thing I wanted you to touch on. And it sounds like you've already been embodying it. Where do you think you're commitment to continuous improvement started and how are you making it show up with the work you're doing today? So I've always been a person that has always looked for a, a, a better way to do something, not necessarily a bigger, better deal, but just, just a way to improve. It's all, it's just in my nature to, to naturally lean towards that direction and, and look at, at that. So when we began last planner it was obvious that we were we weren't even scratching the surface of what was available at our fingertips but we had to start somewhere and and that was that's where we started there's a there's an old saying about uh commitment commitment is you walk around the pool and you dip your toe in at various places trying to find the warmest water before you get in 
Well, sometimes you just have to dive in. You just have to go. And you, you can't be a little bit pregnant here. You got to make a commitment and then you're in it a hundred percent. And so th that's how I looked at last planner because I saw so much more immediately with the sticky notes. I was thinking, how do I make this into a digital format? Because mm. everything was leaning towards the digital aspect at that time. So one thing led to another, and, and here we are today, and I'll kind of tell you where, where that is from, yeah. my pers from me personally and from the company, uh, the company standpoint. Four years ago, we made a, a concerted effort and a, a dedicated commitment to change the way that we were doing business on a daily basis. So here I am, green is all get out. The guy, the guy yeah. hires me and says, Hey, come to work for us. And I immediately come in here and go, you know, you could do this better or that better or this over here. And he's like, well, okay, tell me more. And from that floodgate being opened is, is kind of where we are now. We've gone through a, a myriad of chapters, pages, kind of folding things over. It, it, we're the PDCA poster child here, I guess. Okay. We, we will plan stuff. We'll do it. We'll check it. And then we'll adjust either into it further or directly out of it and going down the road to the next one. We're a very lean, flexible company. So we don't need, there are not a lot of layers that we have to deal with. So from sticky notes on that first set of boards with the police station to today, I don't have, I don't deal with paper. I carry an iPad that's 5G capable, so I've got access anywhere. I have an iPhone. I carry a digital Bosch laser that is the best thing to slice bread as far as I'm concerned. Next best <laughs> thing to slice bread. Um, all of my, we work off BIM 360 uh, for our, all of our documentation, all of our plans and, and uh, uh, RFI submittals, all of that. So I've got all that at my fingertips and everything is updated every night. My scheduling software now, we've, we've gone from the old Phoenix-based Excel spreadsheet to obviously with Raphael and, and Refine My Site have been there. October was our first project. And so six or seven months now going on. And we've got four, four projects in there right now completed to Again, everything digital, everything updated, everything's real time. And we're stepping away from as much paper as we can. Paper printing, paper plans is not going to exist in our company going forward. No wow, reason. That's to. where you started. How yeah. soon in your, where you, you started off in printing. How soon, did, I mean, it sounds like you, you had a, just a fortuitous culture with, you know, the ownership there and just them being open to your new fresh perspective. But as well, you're an observant person, Steve. I can tell you pay attention to what's going on. Try to. Paper's definitely not dead yet. I mean, oh, no. I still like a good uh, hard book in my hand every now and then too. Yeah. In addition to reading many books on Kindle, but uh, how you know how did where did that uh, keen perception come from? What's an early story you remember in your professional career where you're using your powers of perception to make changes? Early on, I saw the printing business starting to change. Uh, with the advent of technology, uh, more and more technology, quicker technology, all that started 
changing the way the printing business does its business on a daily basis. And yes, they're still printing books, but they're not printing books the same way or magazines or whatever, the same way Mm -hmm. that they did when I was, when I grew up in it. So everything's so much more computerized. The, the turnaround time is so much shorter now. You literally can have almost real-time information in printed form. Uh, I mean, heck fire. If you wanted to, to print a book, uh, be a publisher, become a publisher, you could become a publisher overnight, an e-publisher or a printed book publisher. Um, you know, just write a, write a quick book and take it to the printer. And now you're a, now you're a publisher. Right. Um, during my printing career, <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. During my career, I printed the Globe tabloid for a company out of South Florida. And we printed five and a half million copies every week. Took three days to print it. And the stories, the the information, the material coming in was coming in at the very last minute. And it was that all of that information was faxed over old timey fax lines. I remember them. And <laughs> you're, I don't, you're way too young to, uh, to remember. I, my first project, 1990 something fax machines are how we got requests for information. Yeah. They were not emailed and they did not come in the mail. No. They were received via fax. Yeah. That's how it was. And they would take that hard copy information and, and, uh, assemble it and, and do whatever they needed to do with it. Well, it wasn't too many years after that, that, uh, Internet got to be where more of that data, more of that information could be shoved through the system in a quicker period of time. And so my business actually changed. The The way that we printed that publication actually changed. And I lost it to a competitor. A mm. uh, $20 million contract on an annual basis that we'd had for five or six years. And it was literally gone uh, overnight simply because technology had changed and we hadn't, we didn't think it was going to. And so from, from that point on, it it was very apparent that technology was going to continue to drive every single thing, just about every aspect of every, everything you do on a daily basis. Fast forward to where we are now, the construction business is no different. Construction business only has a way to go up. Because, you know, if you look at statistics uh, and the things that are written about construction production uh, on any given project, on any given day, just a little over half of the work that's scheduled is going to be completed. That leaves a lot of room for improvement. And I'm a firm believer that with the right technology, that can be improved. It can be improved significantly. But only if you improved that by 10%, just look at where, where you'd be at the end of the day. And so for me, it's, it literally is Paul Aker's two second lean. It's the little changes that make the biggest difference. And you stack those little changes up over a period of time. And man, I mean, you've got, you've made some major strides at the end of the year. It's, it's, there's just no other way for it to go. It's except up. That's one reason that we as a company have lean meetings every two weeks. 
a couple of hours on a Wednesday afternoon. All the guys come in, all of our superintendents, project managers, owner, director of safety, all come in. And yours truly has been designated as the <laughs> teacher, lean champion for the company, whatever you want to call me. Um, but we spend a couple of hours and we, we do things as simple as memorize the eight waste and talk about each one of those in a real world situation all the way up to uh, talking about digital scheduling and looking at issues. What's an issue? Uh, I actually had a little fun last week before Easter. <laughs> My director of safety had an issue Easter egg hunt. And he went over to one of our job sites and took his camera. <laughs> and he walked around and he, the, he he was playing the Easter bunny, but the Easter bunny was finding issue eggs. And, you know, a frayed extension cord, uh, yeah. a piece of wood laid in the middle of a hallway. So we're always trying to better our ourselves by doing little things like that. Always keeping an eye open. There it is right there. Yeah. I, I just saw a math equation on LinkedIn, Steve, not, not even like two, two days ago, I think might've been on Friday and someone had just done this math on if you can make a 1% improvement every day, a year later, you're 37 times more improved. Yeah. And it's like, like with Paul's approach with two second improvement, it's like minuscule. It's nothing. Yeah. But it, it's like getting compound interest on how you're doing your work every day. And, and it can be fun too. I tell people like, come at it like a game. And I like that, that, uh, your safety pro went at it like the Easter bunny. Yeah. <laughs> that is a cool approach right there. Yeah. He was, uh, he was kind of proud of that. And we talked about him doing something like that before, but he's the one that came up with, the uh, the Easter bunny aspect of the deal so it was it was pretty funny and then he posted the video so that yeah, was pretty entertaining yeah and i wanted to congratulate you on becoming your company's lean champion steve especially you know with your experience and your i'm going to call it your fresh set of eyes you ever get told that steve you have such fresh set of eyes yeah and, and maybe that's it yeah maybe that's yeah, it. maybe that's why that's why you're on the show steve because you have a fresh, a fresh set, set of eyes, eyes. <laughs> <laughs> A fresh perspective. I don't know. You know, I, I'm in my fifth year with the company and have enjoyed every every minute of being here. I, I'm an avid learner, whether that's reading books. I, I read a lot of books. Lately, I've been reading a lot of books about lean and I'll, I mean, I, I'm the kind of crazy guy that'll go to YouTube and type in lean construction to see what comes up and then watch. <laughs> oh, you're, you know, you're the one leading to my more three, views. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's so much available to us at our fingertips. You just, I walk around a little bit like, remember those little bopping dogs that we used to have in, well, you're, again, you're too oh, yeah. young for this. I remember them. Those little spring loaded things. Well, I, that's me. I'm, I'm constantly looking. My head is on a swivel all the time. And, you know, it may not be something as obvious as a frayed extension cord sitting in the middle of a hallway, but if you just take a step back and look at the way things are mm. and then think about tweaking ever so slightly to make it a little bit better. These ideas, you, you just get in a mindset and you have to get in that mindset to be able to constantly 
look at it. And so that's one of the things that we talk about in our lean meetings is really step outside of your normal self and get in a mindset of looking, really understanding what one of the eight wastes look like. And then what, what can you do about it? What would you do about it? What can be done to take it away, improve that situation and make it a little bit better. And, and all you're doing every time you do that is creating more and more value for the owner, whether, no matter who that owner is, whether it's the owner of the building, the, the laborer, the, the carpenter, it doesn't matter who it is, but you've just created a little tiny piece of value and you take all those little tiny pieces of value and stack them up. You got something really big in a short period of time. That was my first foray in Stephen. I, I'd like you had worked years, decade, and I didn't know what lean construction was until after 10 years in the business. And I got uh, lucky enough to be introduced to it by somebody who had some lean manufacturing experience and and I learned just that simple little thing like you're talking about getting to know what they what the wastes are and then understanding the value of the people receiving your work. And for me that was transformational. I gained like so much time and was able to better prioritize and focus and do more of what I wanted to do and, and keep learning on the job mm-hmm. that I, I has even been I've even been confused for being a structural engineer. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not. And, uh, oh, and, and three years ago, I was confused for being an intern because my hard hat was so clean and white. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was awesome to be, com- to be confused for an intern at my age. was just a pleasure. <laughs> it's like being carded, isn't it? Yeah. I asked the electrician that accused me of being in the intern. I said, is it because I have the dumb expression on my face of confusion or because I just look young? <laughs> and he said, no, neither. It's your hard hat's too clean. Oh, that's funny. So I'm did you sorry, run out okay. and scar it up or did you keep it clean? No, I kept it clean. Oh, good. I mean, I'm just clean like that. That's okay. They get dirty. I have a couple that are that are really dirty, and some safety professionals have taught me that uh, they're only good for five years before uh, sun exposure makes them not effective anymore to protect exactly the noggin. Right. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. So what uh, what have you learned lately about last planner system? You mentioned that when you first started, you didn't do daily huddles. When did that come into the mix? About two years ago. Okay. I've been to. I've been to two seminars from uh, Lean Builder, from Joe and Keon. Yeah, I know Joe and Keon. So I've been, I've taken uh, four guys from my company to two of those seminars before the virus hit. And we spent all day with Joe and Keon and, and that's where, that's where the daily huddle really, it just made sense to me. And so we implement, we started implementing the daily huddle a couple of years ago. We made we made our two week planner boards. We actually made a folding rack on wheels that we okay. take to every job site. And on that rack, we we open it up. It's got a couple of wings on it. So we've got our two week planner board, constraint board, material delivery board, inspection board, and then a uh, uh, under plate under uh, plexiglass picture of, or a plan whatever the guys are working on. It may just be a site plan. It may be a floor plan or something like that. And we started having daily huddles and introducing the guys to the way that we wanted to kind of transition and, and help them 
that this is a thing and I, I don't mean to go down a rabbit trail here, but oh, go ahead. if the trades will give me just a little bit of time, I can show them how to make money, how to make more money because the longer they're on a job, the more money they lose. Right. It's all about throughput. So if I can get them in a day early and out a day sooner, I mean, just think compounded over time. We're talking gigantic sums of money. So yep. the daily huddle is the black and white version of putting all of this together. It's, it's that woven interconnection that is, is the best visual representation of how all that interacts, how these guys interact with each other. And they, and when they see it, it's a crazy thing because it's, a, it really is becomes that aha moment. It's, it's right. just a, it's a crazy thing, but it is a crazy thing. We've, we've now, uh, I guess for two years we've had, we've started having daily huddles, generally our morning huddles. And we try to do it, whether we have a small job or a large job, whether we have one trade on site or whether we have 15 trades on site, we'll have a daily huddle and, and do it very quickly. Now, me always looking for a way to improve all of that. And with the introduction of refine my site, I'm now taking my iPad and I've got an adapter that I'll plug in and plug it into an HDMI cable, run it to a TV screen, a 32 inch TV screen that we have. And we'll have, that becomes our two week planner and we'll make all of our adjustments and everything in real time. I still become the facilitator because I'm the one with the iPad that's transitioning to, because more and more of our trades are transitioning to iPads as well. But right on. We're using that now instead of actually going up there and handwriting something on there that to me, it was just a, it didn't make sense to put it up on that board, handwrite it up on that board and then take the information off the board and put it in a computer. Let's just go straight to the computer and miss that middle step right there. So that's kind of the way we're going. That's interesting. And uh, I like to hear too, like for all the trade partners listening to the show, look at that. Two general contractors talking about saving you guys money. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not even asking for a deductive change order. Not at all. No. Not at all. Just keep it. I remember one of the first times I was teaching a, a reluctant group about last planner system. The, the superintendent, Steve, told me they don't want it. And I said, listen to me. Every trade partner I know enjoys doing good work and making money as a result of their good work. It's a good reward. Why not? And I was like, they're not going to say no to having an easier time to doing what they love. And sometimes I'll even calculate for the, if I've got a good skeptic in the mix, when we do the first phase pull and we go to the look ahead schedule, I'll calculate really quickly on my, on my iPhone, how much money the project team just saved themselves. And then I tell, if the owner's in the room, I say, this isn't yours. This is theirs. This is means and methods. <laughs> so right. don't you be getting any ideas right. either. I think one of the smaller jobs I did, Steve, when I did a calculation like that, I want to say a couple of weeks of the schedule for a team of seven trades was worth $35,000 yeah. in direct labor savings. I mean, that's this is real money yeah. by just looking at how we plan things. Yeah. It doesn't take long for that those kind of numbers to get somebody's attention. 
Right. And then that's when you start getting the, you know what, I'm going to go buy an iPad. Will you load, will you load what needs to be loaded on it for me? Absolutely. Yeah, please. And that's happened please. several times over the past year. Yeah. Awesome. Such a giver, Steve. Well, I don't know about that. You're gonna change. You're gonna change the reputation. People are just gonna start to really. They're gonna see general contractors in the future, and they're gonna be like, "Can I get that door for you, general contractor?" (laughs) That's how we do things here, you know. I was actually born in Georgia and raised in Mississippi, and then got to Texas as fast as I could. So, uh, you know, out here in God's country, but so I, you know, having lived and been raised in the South. Boy, my mama would, she'd slap me sideways if I didn't open the door for somebody. I'll guarantee you. <laughs> well, I want to tell your mama and your daddy that they raised you right. Well, I appreciate that. I actually had, yeah. my dad passed away about, oh, what, 13, 14 years ago now. And uh, my mom lives about an hour and a half from me. So uh, my wife is up visiting her family, her mother just passed away recently. So she was up visiting her dad. So I went and had lunch with my mom yesterday. And my mom is a, she's a firecracker. She's <laughs> 85, 86 years old. And she's a quilter. She's got a whole room upstairs in their house where she quilts and she plays golf. She's teaching some mm-hmm. of the girls in her Sunday school class how to play golf. And, uh, she's remarried now and her husband is a super guy. They, he's 88 and they have a motorcycle that they, they, they belong to this group of other like-minded motorcyclists, like aged, I guess. And they'll take off and, and go ride for the weekend and just have a good old time. So I guess. Uh, she's, I guess I, maybe, hopefully I got a few good genes in there somewhere. There you do. I yeah, just hope you don't know that about me too, Steve, that, uh, my wife and I do enjoy getting on a motorcycle ourselves and going for long rides. Really? Yeah. People don't know that about me. Mm-hmm. So what kind uh, of bike do you have? I had, uh, I had sold it, but, but when we did have a bike, I had a Honda VTX 1300. Oh, wow. Which is a good, uh, a heavy street cruiser. Yeah. A big touring bike. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We like to, we used to, when I lived back in Illinois, we'd jet off and go south through farm fields and, and it'd be, uh, it's incredible to take in nature that way with like nothing in between you really and anything like, uh, including, including nature's bugs. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> There you go. Yeah. But it's all, it's all part of the fun. We had a great time. Where are you from in Illinois? I'm from the South side of Chicago. In the oh, suburbs. okay. Yeah, I'm just like 30 minutes uh, south of the cities where I grew up. Uh, that's why the show is uh, a Chicago-based show. If you look at the the moniker on uh, there you go. our LinkedIn page for the show, it's a Chicago show because that's, mm-hmm. where, that's where the roots are. Okay. Go My ahead. wife's family is from right outside of Springfield. Okay. So. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, I feel like it's a four or five hour distance from where we are. Yeah. But you could get there in a day. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> Yeah, you can make a day trip of it. Shoot, four or five hour drive is nothing for a Texan. Nothing. That's we just don't like think, just going to get lunch somewhere. That's right. We don't. We, I don't think we won't drive four hours for a good piece of barbecue. 
Oh, I, I know you won't. <laughs> <laughs> we are, I used to spend uh, a lot of my summers in, in Texas, mm -hmm. uh, just north of Austin, between uh, Temple, Texas, and uh, Waco. Mm -hmm. So I got family, and we we used to be like, oh, we're going to go to uh, this place to get lunch. And it's like, it's 7 a.m. Why are we leaving now? It's like, oh, because we got to go all the way to San Antonio. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah that's that was just normal make a day so, out of going to eat lunch exactly hmm. it's a good thing so i wanted to uh to ask you steve if you could share a story that best conveys some advice for somebody thinking about getting into the business and you recently came in with your fresh eyes and all what uh what type of advice would you give somebody considering uh entering the construction business no matter how old they are wow you know, I, I don't feel adequate to, to do this, but <clears throat> I'm putting you on the spot. So you have to, yeah, you really are. Um, you know, the, the advice I, I would say pro probably the best thing I could say would be come in with eyes wide open. Uh, the preconceived notion of, well, this is the way we've always done it. This is, I've been in this business 30 years and <laughs> we've always done it this way and that way and the other way. It, it just never flew with me because it just uh, intimated a closed mind that you didn't think you had anything else to learn or could learn anything else. This business changes every single day. I learn something new every single day. Probably the best advice I could give somebody is, number one, come in with eyes wide open and just absorb, be a sponge. Just absorb every single thing you can. And then ask questions. The word why is the greatest word in the English language. And if you want to know something, and I'm the kind of guy that asks a ton of questions. <laughs> when when my, my wife and I were dating, I, it was pro I probably inundated her with question after question after question. And it wasn't an interrogation as... <laughs> which is probably what it seemed like, but it's just the way it I, maybe. yeah, it's just the way I find stuff out. And so our trade partners, these guys will be up on a ladder doing something or down underneath something, doing something. And I, I'm the kind of superintendent that'll walk up and just interrupt what they're doing and ask them how it's going. And I want to know about them. Most our, most of our trades are Spanish speaking trades. I don't speak very good Spanish at all, but I can speak enough Spanish to, to work my way around a, a job site. And I've come to find out that, that those guys appreciate the fact that I'm making an effort and I'll stumble. I'll say words crazy. They'll start laughing. We'll all have a good laugh about it. And then, you know, we'll, then the ice is broken and, and we're pretty good friends. But I'm always asking them why they do things the way they do them. It's a way for me to understand the process, number one. But it's also a way for me to, to gain some knowledge that maybe I could share with somebody else who may be struggling. Um, so I, I, I'm, always, I'm always talking to my guys. Why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it that way? Why don't you do it this way? can it be done? Have you ever tried? Well, why didn't that work? And so 
you know, I probably am the reason that an hour's worth more work than a day because I'm talking to them, but <laughs> at least I'm finding out some information. So, uh, oh, I love that, you know, for somebody coming in new, uh, whether they're old like me or just a guy right out of college to come in with a, uh, a preconceived notion of what you think it's going to be like, is probably the worst thing that, that you could do. It's kind of like taking on last planner and thinking, well, this is probably not going to work, but I'll just do it anyway to pacify somebody. <laughs> no, not a good reason to N- do it. No, not, not at all. So, uh, you know, you don't go into a marriage thinking about divorce and that's kind of like, kind of like last planner. You don't, you don't start adopting a lean culture thinking that, well, th- this is not going to work. So I'm just going to play the game here for a little while. But for me, I'll say, okay, play the game for a little while. And then that's when over time, that little light bulb starts getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And pretty soon, you know, they're knee deep into it as well. And so again, we're all rolling. There's an old saying, if, if you're waiting on me, you're backing up, which means (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to go on. I'm going to continue to improve, continue to look for ways to make it better. So if you're not coming along, you're backing up because I'm, I'm already gone. And if you're not, if you're not moving forward, if you're standing still, you're not moving forward and you're going to get past. And if you're not moving forward, then, then please just step aside, get out of my way because I'm, I'm going to come through. And I think that's really the, the only way to look at it is you, you're never going to get to the end of a lean journey. You're never going to wake up one day and go, today I'm lean. We've reached the <laughs> pinnacle. We're, we're sitting on top of the crow's nest and now we're just going to, we're going to hoot like an owl and, you know, just be real good at it. Well, it's just never going to, you're never going to get there. Never, ever going to get there, but you got to keep moving forward. And for every day that goes by and every little improvement that you make, it's just going to be that much better. So for, for we're one of, I'm sorry, I'm probably talking too much and headed off in some direction. This is your interview, Steve. This well, is, so you're supposed to talk. There are things when I when my Let brain me just starts, pause you for for one second just to say I love that answer, Steve. Okay, now continue. Okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, what I found out is in in this area, we're one of a few general contractors that has adopted lean continuous improvement the way that we have. I, I think that's a shame. Number one. It's a shame because they could just be so much better than they are right now. And they may be making money. They may be doing very well, but they could be doing so much better with just a few little changes. Number two, they are, they're holding the trade partners back. And I've told my guys this here is if we don't standardize the way that we have some, have a daily huddle. If we don't standardize that operation, then you, the one who are not being standard, you you who are not following the rest of us, you're the bottleneck in our line. 
because that trade partner, you're stopping him from growing. If we're trying to push that trade partner who goes to your meeting and it doesn't see it done the same way, the same time, basically a 5S type scenario, Mm -hmm. then you're the one who's holding that trade partner back. So you're going to make it difficult for the rest of us. No different with general contractors. If the smaller GCs and our neck of the woods, our competitors, if, if they would start, just start with, start with the eight wastes. You don't have to start with last planner, Uh, start with a daily huddle. In fact, I would recommend starting with a daily huddle. Just have a daily huddle every morning. You might think you have a, a meeting, a daily huddle, but very quickly I found a daily huddle is not me standing up there saying, okay, trade A, um, you're going to be in here today. Trade B, you're going to be over there. That's not a daily huddle. No. A daily huddle is where I don't say a word the whole meeting, and my trades are going full circle around and around and around, and they're having the conversations, and all I'm doing is listening to w- what a great amount of information is being shared in 15 minutes and then everybody leaves i'm standing around looking waiting for the guy to come ask me a question and nobody does so you know those are are the changes that i wish some of our competitors would embrace and make and i you know i think the industry would start to step up a little bit more every time and and you know, you don't have to go invest a whole lot of money. I mean, heck fire before, um, before we found refine my site, we looked at three other, uh, digital scheduling program software. And it, it just turned out to be a little bit too expensive for what we wanted to do. So we didn't mm-hmm. really see the need for it and then found Raphael and, and that's worked out very, very well, you know, with, with BIM 360, we aren't doing, our, our architects are not producing a great amount of BIM modeling right now. And so as a result, we don't have a lot of uh, 3D modeling. And we'll end up doing overlays and things like that in Bluebeam. But as far as 3D modeling, I wish we could do more, but we just don't do it right now. So you don't have to invest a ton of money, a gigantic amount of money to make things, make things better. We went and bought a $400, 360 degree camera so that we could take pictures of rooms on the job site. Well, that led to looking at programs that we could upload and they would do editing and they would do this and they would do that. Well, it just didn't work for us. It goes back to PDCA. Sure. We, we started, we looked at it, it, it either worked or didn't work and we either kept it or, or didn't and, and went on from there. So I'll put a link a- in the, in the show notes, Steve, for all the general contractors and trade partners that want to learn what a good daily huddle looks like. Compliments of Keon Zandy at the lean builder. Mm-hmm. Keon's a good guy. Uh, Joe's a good guy too. I had lunch with Joe. Oh, several months back. And we were talking about daily huddles at that, uh, at that lunch as well. I, I think we've got a, a, guy who works for us who's been here 30, 32 years, 31 or 32 years. And he is a guy that I never thought would be able to embrace technology the way he has. He's, he's old school. He, he grew up in the business. 
can build anything, uh, seemingly out of nothing, um, <laughs> and and always kept a very tight schedule. He very quickly saw the benefits of Last Planner. He he was the guy that actually taught me. I was his assistant superintendent on that uh, police station, and as a result, that police station was about a six and a half million, seven million dollar project, something like that. Um, my next job was a $9 million church. Uh, they wanted a new, just a whole new campus. And so I was the superintendent on that. And I had a, an assistant that worked with me, but John just has jumped on all of this. I, I mean, like, He's taken to it just like a duck takes to water, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I knew uh, there was some kind of Southern saying coming at my well, <laughs> You did not disappoint me, Steve. Well, I, it's, I don't know. Keep I'll thank my grandmother for all that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, uh, it it took a little while for him to uh, understand some of the programs that we've got, just the intricacies of the programs. But, you know, now um, he's – he carries an iPad around every day, just like the rest of us do. And I, you know, he, he's just one of, one of the guys now and, uh, hasn't looked back and, and I don't expect him to, there's no reason to my iPad is my it, literally the, the project Bible that I work, walk around with. Uh, if I lost that iPad, I'd be in, I'd be in some bad trouble. <laughs> now, you'd be in the, what do they call it? You'd be up creek without a paddle. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> up creek without a paddle. Yep. That too. You bet. Yeah. No, that's uh that's perfect. Yeah. John, inspiration to so many people. There's yeah, no he limit really is. uh when to get started, right, Steve? It's not too there's no such thing as too late to get started. It really is not. And that's I guess that's the thing that, you know, for new people coming in it's there's never a bad time to start you just have to take the first step and then and then move with it yeah so. and i like too steve that uh, you read a lot of books a lot of there's a lot of people in our business that don't read a lot of books and you can tell from the bookshelves behind me that i give the books a lot of love and uh it's just so that i can go experiment in the wild with the stuff that i learn what is a What's a surprise lean book that you read? And you're like, wow, this book's actually really good that you didn't think would be good just by judging it by its cover. Well, I, I really, when I read The Lean Builder, I really was not quite sure about that book. Um, I started reading it and it really did surprise me because as you, you know, at the first part of that book, you're introduced to Sam and then uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit um, slow on the uptake. And then you get into the meat of it. So it really did surprise me how well both Joe and Kean zeroed in on what what we fight every single day. Uh, the the <laughs> battles that you know are presented to us. Uh, so it did. It kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm I'm about two thirds of the way through Jason's book um, right Which now. One? Elevating construction superintendents. Uh, yes. Yeah, powerful, Jason. And I, I have really enjoyed that book. Um, he's got some pretty good little excerpts in there, pretty good little sayings in there, and 
yeah, a lot of that is going to end up in our lean meetings on a Wednesday afternoon. Right on. Yeah, when Jason was on my show, he didn't even tell me that he had that book coming out. Oh, really? And uh, we had a, we had a long talk about that afterwards. Like, oh, oh no! You're gonna have to just come back on. Like, I love a good book, and I've read his other book. I just finished uh, Tack Time that Jason wrote as well. That was that was a quick read. It's really good. Uh, both both books really really well done, and he puts a lot of free content on his website as well. As does uh, Keon and Joe with the Lean Builder, and as do we with uh, the EBFC show. We'll link to anything. And everything that uh, can be of some use to somebody. We just want to be be useful, be helpful, and leave the world a little bit nicer than we found it. Right, Steve? Heck yeah. That's the only way to do it. And, you know, if you don't want to read a book, then by golly, get on get on YouTube. Yeah, please. Um, I mean, get I mean, listen to a podcast. Heck fire. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you can download those things. They're on my phone and my iPad. So, And it's good entertainment. Uh, it's good... It's good knowledge just to get lost in it. Yeah, I had a great compliment even from Frank Kahn. He said that uh, when he's having a hard day, he listens to my podcast to cheer him back up. And I was like, oh, single tear, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to ask you, uh, Steve, you know, what's the, now you've been in the business for five years, you're becoming a, a career builder now. What do you enjoy most about working on projects? Probably just the sheer learning, uh, the, the learning and the completion, uh, seeing something that's, that you've actually had a hand in putting together and turning over to a client and seeing a happy client. But for me, the learning side of it, I, I, I'm the sponge. So I really relish learning that side, uh, learning new things about it and just testing new stuff, seeing if it works, if it doesn't. So. Yeah, it's kind of like this church that we just built. About 75% of our business is religious-based. So we build a lot of churches. And then we do some municipal work and retail work and just the normal other stuff mixed in. But uh, to see a preacher walk through a building and talk about the blessings that he's been given is pretty crazy. I mean, you feel a, a lot right there but Mm. you know for me walking into an empty building that that i've just uh completed looking through walls and knowing blocking that might be behind it or you know how many screws we put in in that area or how we attach this or how that went in or the problems that were there it's 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 a uh, it's a meaningful thing for me but probably Going back to your original question, it's it's the learning side of it. I'll I'm, I'll be 65 this year, so by no means am I a spring chicken in this business. But <laughs> I I get around as well as most of the guys on the job, and I'll flat keep up with them, or die trying one of the two. Um, <laughs> right but uh, it's you'll find somebody you'll find it hard to find somebody that'll outwork me on a daily basis. Um, now I may not be able to throw 50 pound feed sacks like I could when I was 25 years old, but, uh, you know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still good for two or three at one time. And then I need to take a rest and a breather and a glass of water. And then I get back to it. But there you go. if I'm not learning, then I feel like I'm losing something. And that's one of the things that I, I try to impart to the, the guys when we have our meetings is, 
you can listen to me at this meeting as a as a teacher and I'm providing information to you but you've got to have the want to go and take that information and do something with it I'm not going to make you lean if you are waiting for me to make you lean we're gonna be here for a long long time but <laughs> if if you just will make the 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 commitment to try what we talk about I promise you you'll see results I promise you and that's that goes with you know talking if I were talking to a a competitor sitting in front of me I would say the same thing if they don't have any type of continuous improvement program at all if they can not walk through a corridor in one of their job sites and identify at least half of the eight wastes then they're completely missing the boat that's it's just completely missing it altogether my two cents two cents words of wisdom spoken uh, so true i don't know about words of wisdom but <laughs> i'm pretty passionate about it um and I, I want others to be passionate about it as well because it brings everybody up and that's right. what i want i want us to be better because others are better and i want others to be better because we're better right on william edwards deming once said uh and you might come across his stuff in your readings at some point, Steve. He said, the best thing that a company can have is strong, good competitors because we make each other better. That's a very true statement. Very true statement. If you had no competitors, where, number one, how do you keep score? Number two, where's the accountability? You can't do it. It's just impossible. So, you know, that's the other thing. Even the, in the athletics, we see, you know, in sports. Often, uh, you know, opposing players from opposing teams will actually train together mm -hmm. to push each other to compete to higher and higher levels of performance. That's right. That's exactly right. But you, you have to, you have to keep score and, and somewhere along the line, you have to be held accountable and somebody has to hold you accountable. So, you know, you have to, there's just, everything is intertwined. Everything is interlaced. You just got to take the first step. That's the hardest part sometimes right there. Walk around that pool, stick your toe in. Got to jump in. Just jump Gotta in. Got to jump in with both feet. Both feet all the way. That's right. And with that, Steve, I want to say, again, thank you so much for sharing an hour of your time with me and all of our listeners. I sincerely and deeply appreciate you and, and the, the nuggets you dropped and reminding me that it's uh, up a creek without a paddle <laughs> because I, it's been too long. Grandma, I miss you. I need to get I need to get myself back down to Texas soon. <laughs> there you go. Yes, you do. And when you get here, you better look me up. I absolutely will. Good. Well, I've had a good time today. I appreciate you letting me come on. And I have again. I'm I'm kind of bewildered as to why somebody would want to listen to me. But uh, you know, maybe if one person listens and they do something, then then we've uh, we've had a successful day. Well, now you know the secret to my show. There you I go. just do it uh, for one person that listens and gets something out of every episode. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. I've enjoyed it. Very special thanks to my guest. I'm Felipe Engineer Manriquez. The EBFC show is created by Felipe and produced by a passion to build easier and better.
Thanks for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Let's go build.